1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from REMAX Prime Properties is Asif Khan. And Asif, you have today's first guest. I do, Tina. Joining us today is Desmond Brown from REMAX Hallmark. Desmond, welcome to On The Market. Hi, hello, Asif and Tina. It's great to be here. Desmond, you know, there was a story out earlier this week that Toronto home prices may have bottomed out. However, you and I were on a panel earlier at the reality conference, and the economists on the panel had a bit of a different take. Tell our listeners mm-hmm. a little bit about what the economists were thinking. Yeah, so although we'd like to think that things have bottomed out, um, these two economists who are very, very well respected, um, David Rosenberg and um, Benjamin Tall, they say that we have a little bit more to go before uh, things bottom out. And they say we're going to be in for a bit of a rough 2023. So what does that mean for the listener who is, you know, trying to figure out what should they do in terms of real estate? Should they consider buying? Should they sit tight for a while? What does it mean for them? Um, you know, I've always recommended that people buy and sell in the same market. Mm-hmm. So if you were to sell today, um, then buy as soon as you can after. If you were to buy today, then sell as soon as you can after. But actually, we're not recommending that people buy first before selling because it's it's a little bit too uncertain. So, I mean, people are going to have to buy and sell for a number of reasons, and we're always going to have that activity. So, I wouldn't sit around and worry about the market, you know, dropping unless you know you have a good rental um, situation that you're in right now, and you can you can wait a little bit and see, you know, what's going to happen if the market is going to come down, like those two economists say. But if you have something to sell as well as you have to buy again then I really wouldn't worry that much about it. It's all going to be relative. And it always comes down to a supply and demand equation. And right now what we're seeing is, although demand may not be as high as it was previously, it still outweighs supply. We're still under three months of supply across the GTA. How much of that is going to play a role in how quickly we rebound? No, exactly, Asif. And, you know, Our supply problem is not going to go away overnight. Uh, The provincial government has a very, very aggressive plan right now to build, you know, 1.5 million homes over the next 10 years. That means that they have to build 150,000 new homes a year over the next 10 years. Well, I think it's pretty aggressive because the province of Ontario has never built more than 100,000 houses a year. And we have a labor shortage that's happening right now. We have developers that are canceling projects because there aren't enough buyers out there for them. Uh, the positive side of this, if it does turn around, it's, it's our immigration numbers. And they are expecting, you know, what is it, 500,000 uh, people to the GTA over the next five years. Desmond, you called it an aggressive plan. Do you think it's a realistic plan? I don't think it's that realistic. Um, I really don't. And, and like I said, for, for those reasons, number one, the project's already being canceled. Number two, the, um, the, the, the labor shortage, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And number three, the environment that we're in right now with higher interest rates and people just sitting on the fence and not really 
taking that step forward to make that home purchase. And Desmond, to further complicate this is the rental hikes, the, the amount that people are paying for rent in the GTA and especially in the downtown core. And when you have people sitting on the fence saying, we're going to wait this out, we don't want to get into a higher mortgage than we want to, and then all of a sudden now their rent, they're looking at $3,000 for a one-bedroom condo downtown. Mm-hmm. How, how much of that is going to play into it? How many renters are going to now come off the fence and say, if I'm paying this much anyway, I may as well become a first-time buyer? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a little strange in that way, right? It can go both ways. So if people are renting um, and, you know, at a high rate that we have right now, like you say, that's $3,000 a month, and with our inflation rates up, they don't have the money to actually take that step uh, to, to buy a property. You know, it's not just the savings that they have, but, you know, if you're buying in the city of Toronto, you have two land transfer taxes. Up there in York, where you guys are, that's fine. There's just one land transfer tax, but there's a lot of closing costs to go with, with this as well. So what we're having here are people that are not, that actually that would have thought about um, buying are saying, no, we're not going to buy yet until we can save up some more money. And then you have these other people that are in really good rental situations, you know, that have old rents. Um, so that same $3,000 unit, they may be the equivalent of getting, you know, paying somewhere around the $2,400, $2,500 mark. And they're like, those are the same people saying like, mm, you know what, with the way the market is right now, um, I'll just save a little bit more and I'm not going to buy until I see that things bottom out. So it's, it's you know, see how it works? It works both ways for those potential first-time buyers. And what do you think about the price of buying a home? Do you see a drop in home prices? Well, we have seen a drop, mm-hmm. right? It seems like you've seen it. We've seen a drop right across the board. Um, I'm trying to peg where our prices are now. And um, for the most part, I'm looking at you know, prices from around uh, the first quarter of 2021. So, you know, average price today now is probably about 1.1 in the city of Toronto, I think it is. It's come down quite a bit. And the prices will come down. I mean, if, I, I have a lot of respect for those two economists. I do believe that the prices will come down a little bit more before they go back up again. So if somebody has the power to buy, um, it's not a bad time now, but Based on these predictions, it might not be a bad idea to wait for a couple of months to see how things are going, uh, especially once we get that next you know, interest rate hike from the Bank of Canada. And on that note, do you think average price is a good indicator as to how people should judge the market? Because there has been a shift in the mix, and people that could afford a higher ticket home are settling for something in the mid-range, mid-range are settling for condos. So just because of the pre-qualification stress test, they're pushed down a notch. And so mm-hmm. uh, obviously the average price is declining because of that. Do you think it's a good measure for people to use when they're looking at the market and market activity? I think the overall number can be a bit deceiving. I think for people who want to buy, you know, narrow down a neighborhood, narrow down a community that you want to live in and see what the average price is there. And if it's working for you in those neighborhoods where you want to live, then go for it. But don't look at, you know, the headlines that you're seeing in the newspapers as far as average price. You know, it's a good little benchmark for us to figure out where the market's going. But for an individual buyer, I think it's probably better that they just take a look at their own personal situations. You know, how much do I have down? How much am I going to be able to carry on a monthly basis, Um, including my mortgage and all my utilities, right, and my taxes? And can I do it now? 
And if you can do it now, go ahead. Because we're not seeing as many bidding wars. And even if we do see bidding wars, I mean, I had a property listed at 999 I had five offers come in on it, and three of them were under the asking price. Even though we still did get just 50000 over the asking. So we're seeing a lot more activity right now where people are actually saying, we've had enough, we're not getting swept away in this frenzy about overpaying, and there you go. Just, you know, stay within your budget and what you can afford. I often ask Asif, what is he hearing from his clients right now on the streets? So I'm going to put you on the spot right now as well, Desmond. What are you hearing from <laughs> your clientele? Well, for people who want to buy, I'm having that same type of conversation with them that I just outlined. And some of them are ready to go now, and some of them say, we're just going to wait a little bit longer. For sellers, I have some sellers that are like, look at, <laughs> we still think our property's worth a certain number, and a lot of them are going back to like March, April, when things were at a height. Um, and that's a little bit of a tougher conversation to have. So it's just up to us to just keep educating our clients, sellers and buyers, about what the activity is, basically on a weekly basis and even on a daily basis on what's going on out there. As we we're heading into the last week of November, last few days of November, and uh, uh, soon the Christmas season will be upon us, uh, the traditional slowdown. What do you think is going to happen uh, to close off the year, and how are we going to start 2023? I think we're going to see about the same right now uh, as we close off the year, the same type of activity we're getting right now. Um, as far as listings, um, we're seeing 40% of our listings that are on the Toronto Real Estate Board, MLS, being cancelled and relisted, either at lower prices or higher prices, as people are trying to find the market. Um, we're not seeing a heck of a lot of sales. You know, we are seeing sales, but not a lot. So I think the activity is basically going to stay the same as what we're seeing right now to the end of the year. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in January. I really don't. I think it's, you know, it's probably going to be more of the same, but I have a feeling that we may get a little bit more supply on the market, uh, a little bit more inventory as sellers are saying, okay, you know, we've watched this for the last five, six months. Um, I don't think we're going to, you know, um, get more than we thought we were going to get. So let's just get it out there and move on with our lives. What advice do you have for those who may be discouraged, who think, I'm just not going to be able to get into this market? And then advice for those who may be bought at the height of the market and are feeling a bit of buyer's remorse. What do you want to say to those very different groups? Well, there are always ways into the market. Like I said, take a look at the different communities out there and see if you can afford to get into those communities. Um, if the price is a little bit out of your range, do what my wife Alice and I did when we first bought our houses, and that was get something with a little bit of income. It got us into the market. So we, had, we, we rented out a portion of our property to get into the market. So that's a great way to go, and um, it does get you into the market. For people who have felt like they overpaid, I've been saying this for years since I've been in the real estate business, and it's one of the models that we have, time heals all in real estate. Sure, we're going to have some downs where your property values go down, but it's a long game in real estate. So hang in there. Your price will eventually come back up, 
and it's going to even escalate higher than that over the next number of years. And I deal with my clients. I say, look, at you know what? You're not looking at a one-year investment here. You've got to look at at least five years. It's a place to live as well. Remember that? It's not just an investment. And sometimes I think we've got that twisted around. Mm. So time heals all. Things are going to be fine if you can ride it through. If you don't have to, if you're not on a variable mortgage where the rates are being increased, or if you're not in a situation where you have to renew, which could be a little bit dangerous because you're probably going to be renewing at about four points higher, um, you know, just hang in there. And then the market's always good for somebody, right? Because it, it depends. It could be good for buyers. It could be good for sellers. It could be good for investors. Where are the opportunities in a market like this? I really do think the opportunities are for first-time buyers right now. I really do. Uh, like I said in the panel yesterday, they're, they're not feeling like they have a gun to their head anymore. They have a chance to go home after seeing a property that they love, um, think about it, sleep on it. And then after they've slept on it, my first-time buyers, they're calling in their parents, and they're bringing their parents in. And not only that, they're able to put in offers with conditions, conditions on financing, condition on home inspections. So they get to make that informed decision all the way through. And it is a good opportunity right now. I'm seeing lots of properties out there under the million-dollar range here in the city of Toronto where people have that chance to get in, which they didn't have six months ago. That's always great information. If our listeners want to connect with you for more information, how can they find you? They can find me uh, on my website, which is um, in the six realestatecom and the six is spelled number six IX. Yes, I'm trying to be cool. Um, <laughs> and my email address is des at desmondbrown.ca. And I also have a podcast, and it's called Sold in the Six, and I go over a lot of the issues like this. So uh, feel free to tune in. Thanks so much for joining us, and that we look forward to having you on again. Great. It was a lot of fun being on, and I'd love to come back. Thank you. After the break, the focus on mortgage rates. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Over to my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's next guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Professor Mosh Malewski from York University's Schulich School of Business. Professor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate being here. Professor, the Bank of Canada has raised interest rates six times since March, and rates have shot up from a quarter point to 3.75%, and the bank has warned that it's not done yet. So I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question. Are you advising people to stay within a fixed rate or a variable rate? I'm doing neither. I'm a professor in a business school. I don't advise people what to do with their mortgage. But uh, if I'm asked by students what they should be doing, my answer is that it should depend very much on their personal balance sheet, which means that they have to take a very close look at their entire family situation. You don't want to speculate or gamble on where interest rates are going. So let's talk about that full balance sheet. How do you best determine what you can afford? Well, I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is not just how much money you make, what you earn on a monthly basis, which is the 
first step of any mortgage qualification. I think the second thing you really have to look at is the stability of your income and how sensitive it is to the economic environment. There are some people that are going to be susceptible to a recession if and when the economy slows down, which is even the Bank of Canada's prediction, are you going to be at risk? Is your income going to suffer? Are you likely to uh, reduce your monthly income? Are you likely to be unemployed? And if the answer is, yeah, there's a risk of that, uh, you should be qualifying yourself at a much lower amount of debt. Uh, vice versa, if you are a unionized employee, if you're fortunate enough to have a government job, if you have a very stable income and predictable salary where no matter what happens in the economy, you're pretty secure in your job, you can probably take on more debt. So it's not just the amount of money that you earn every month, it's the stability. That would certainly be the first part of a personal balance sheet analysis. And Professor, a few years ago, the stress test was introduced, and this was meant to make sure that people are buying within their means. What are your thoughts on the stress test today? I think a stress test is a very good idea. I'm not a big fan of exactly how it's been implemented. I think it's being done in a way that uh, you know could be refined, but the concept of stressing your personal finances and making sure that you will be okay even if interest rates go up or if real estate prices go down, I think it's a great idea. And I, I'm all in favor of stress testing, even though it disappoints people when they're told they can't borrow as much as they wanted. Do you think that we can craft our own stress test or financial stress test? And should we be doing that? I do. I, I, I really believe uh, that just because a bank is willing to lend you a half a million dollars, it doesn't mean you should take it. Mm. And right now, the stress test is geared towards how much can you borrow? What is the most you can get from the bank? And I think that people should be looking more carefully at their own financial circumstances. In many cases, they should say, thank you very much. I know you're willing to give me a half a million dollars. Maybe I'll only take 300 And that's because your personal circumstances are different from what the original stress test was designed. So I agree with that idea, personal stress test. And we're hearing reports from RBC that the Bank of Canada may hike the rate another quarter point in December. And then they may pause to see what the impact has been in all these rate hikes and how it's affecting the CPI. What are your thoughts about another rate hike and what it's going to mean to the economy? Look, I, I am not a macroeconomist with a crystal ball that can predict what the Bank of Canada is going to do. I don't think they themselves know. They're going to wait for information to arrive. And the billion-dollar bond market has its own opinion, and they really don't know. I, I think that consumers that have day jobs that are not bond traders should try to shy away from predicting where interest rates are going. I think it's almost ridiculous for someone to sit and say, gee, I think interest rates are going to go up, therefore I'm going to lock in. Or I think interest rates won't go up anymore, so I'm going to go floating. I mean, have you been trained for 10 or 15 years in economics and monetary theory and interest rate modeling to predict these things? I just don't think you should be forecasting or predicting. You should take a risk management approach. And at the very least, I believe they should diversify. So when someone really wants to know, professor, fixed or floating, bottom line, mm -hmm. lock it in or not, 
My answer is why not diversify? Why not have a split mortgage, maybe 60% fixed and 40% floating? We diversify our assets. Nobody buys only growth stocks or only uh, value stocks or only international stocks. They have a diversified portfolio of assets. Why not a diversified portfolio of debt? Precisely because we don't know where interest rates are going. That's what I would say. And what would you say to those students, and some of whom I'm assuming are young adults? What if they ask you, do you think I'm ever going to be able to afford a home in the city of Toronto or in the GTA? What do you tell them? I tell them that the question becomes, do you want to do that? And if you do, I think the answer is you will be able to. It's just going to be a little bit later than when you originally thought. Uh, I believe that what we're seeing now with housing prices being reduced and certainly the number and the volume of sales falling, it means that this may be an opportunity for a generation that had given up. Uh, It may be bad news for people that bought within the last five years, especially in the last year. They're looking at equity in their house deteriorate. But perhaps the next generation, the generation of students I'm seeing at university, might view this as an opportunity. So I don't think it's, it's all bad news for that group. And, Professor, as we close out, uh, home ownership in Canada has always been the go-to when people are thinking of where to invest their money. Do you feel that it's still that way? Is, is investing in a home the right way to save money? I'm old enough to remember periods in the late 1980s and early 90s where we saw a decline in the price of real estate and and home prices. Certainly anyone uh, that experienced 2008, 2009 in the U.S., various states, saw prices decline 30 or 40 percent. I don't think that that is the secret to long-term wealth. I, I think that it's more of a personal decision around quality of life and raising a family and where you want to spend the rest of your life or at least a a large part of it as opposed to the way to create a nest egg. I I don't think that that's the way to approach home ownership. And and people now are finally realizing that it wasn't a ticket to riches, just like they're realizing cryptocurrencies. I mean, there's always these cycles. But the, the short answer to your question is, I don't think it ever was. That's awesome. Thanks for your uh, insight, Professor, and your time uh, to join us. And we thank you for uh, being on, on the market. My pleasure. When we come back, your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Time now for email questions. And we begin with Arthur in North Toronto. He wants to know if now is a good time to buy because there's less competition. Does this also mean there are fewer deals to be had? Asif, what do you think on this one? Well, there are so many buyers sitting on the fence right now, Arthur, so there definitely is less competition. And the other thing that's happening right now is very different from what happened over the last couple of years in that people are very careful as to what they're spending. So even if you go into a place and it has multiple offers, the people are very careful. You're still able to get in conditions and multiple offers now. You're able to maybe pay ten, fifteen, twenty thousand over asking rather than fifty, seventy-five, or a hundred thousand over asking. So it's a very different climate out there. And yes, there are deals to be had. 
However, with the limited inventory, see, the thing is, sellers don't have to sell. There's no catalyst for them to be selling places off at a discount or under market value. So the, the sellers that don't have to sell and they don't believe that there's enough uh, competition for them out there, they're just not putting their house on the market or if their house is on the market, they're just taking it off the market and saying, I will wait till spring until more buyers are out. So there are fewer deals to be had, but the deals that are out there are very buyer friendly. Is your advice to Arthur as well to be patient because you've got to really look for those deals? You do. And the important thing, uh, Arthur, is when you find a home that you love, that's when you act on it. So don't just settle on a home. Make sure you have the right home. And if that right home comes up, it's that's the time to act on it. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to get cheaper. If the home was beautiful and it shows great, someone is going to want that home. So when you see the home that you love, that's your time to act. Our next question comes from Franny in Vaughan. She is currently renting but is hoping to buy in the spring. What should she do now in terms of deposit and financing to be ready when the right home comes along? The first thing, Franny, is to speak to a mortgage professional, so either a mortgage worker or the bank that you deal with. What you want to do is you want to get pre-approved. And once you get pre-approved, they're going to look at all of your documentation, your income, your credit, uh, confirm everything, and then they're going to be able to tell you what you qualify for, and that's going to determine how much money you're putting down as well as what the terms would be for a mortgage. And, And that will allow you to go in eyes open so that, you're not blindsided. Uh, if you know that you can qualify for an $800,000 home and you have to put down 10%, then you know you're going to have to have 80000 just for the down payment, and then you're going to need to have closing costs as well. So the bank will be able to help you with that, or realtor will be able to help you with the closing costs as well because you've got lawyer fees, land transfer tax. So there are some fees that you have to budget on outside of the down payment itself. And we also heard from the professor earlier in the show where he said just because the bank will give you a loan or a mortgage for a certain amount of money doesn't mean you should, right? Correct. And I think a lot of people are, you know, they're very savvy when it comes to investing their money and they take contingency plans into place and and they want to make sure that they have a little bit extra. So a lot of times when the bank will tell people, you're approved for $1.2 million. they'll come to us and say, but I only want to buy something for about a million, or I only want to spend 850000 So people are very savvy these days, and they want to make sure that they're not only getting the best house for the dollar they want to spend, but at the same time, they're careful enough that if things change financially, they're still able to carry the product. And the advice for Franny as well in the situation is, Consider A and B lenders, right? And and what does that mean for those who have not heard those terms on our show before? So typically A lenders are the big five banks. And uh, uh, a lot of times you do get better deals from credit unions or B lenders, which uh, uh, are secondary banks or lending institutions that uh, would be able to qualify you. Sometimes they don't have the same criteria, so they're a little more lenient and The interest rate may be a little bit higher, but at the same time, it may fit your needs a little bit better. As a reminder, if you have questions for On the Market, send us an email to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? 
They can reach me by myself, 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.